another week on tap. Hello, lollygagging sports. I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. We're going to talk a little football. We're going to talk a little baseball. We're getting awful close to the end of the baseball season. Um, we're going to talk about that and uh, have, a, have another trade here at the end of the show. See if Samantha can stop us again like she does every week. <laughs> but first, let me check in on my guys. How you doing, Samantha? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. How about you, Irby? I, I'm great. I'm great. I took uh, took a day off work, went to a day baseball game, and it was nice to see the Rangers drop a 15 spot. So uh, <laughs> it's always fun to go to the ballpark, all you can eat food and drink, and then watch your team drop 15. Like that's just a good day. Just, you know what's funny about this? It's like I was having a really sh- well. Yeah, this is this is a PG 13. So I was having a really shitty day. <laughs> and then I watched Gray and the first and the second just give up home runs left and right and drop drop four on the offense to try to come out of. So I just turned the game off in disgust. So I happened to check Twitter and it was six to four Rangers. I decided to play by the rules and not jinx it. And I'm glad I didn't because, you know, they went on, of course, to win, like you said, 15 to 15 to what, five? 15-5, yeah. Good job, good job. Taking one to the team. Well done. You know, you don't you don't mess with a streak, right, Samantha? You don't mess with it. That, my team just got swept by the Royals, so no one should oh, ask dear. for my advice about anything okay. right now. Ooh. It might be live chicken time. Live rooster. It's it's too late for live chickens. It's it's now you save your chickens for next year. It's much too late for that. That's fair. I mean, I think the magic number is like one on our vision. So, Ooh. see you later. Hang on, it's one, and and MajorLeagueBaseball.com has not already given it to you like they did with the Dodgers. Uh, wouldn't that have been when it was technically zero? Yeah, because it was... it, you know, well, if it's one, I mean, the Guardians on the tiebreaker, so they can't give it to the Twins when it's one. <laughs> Stop bringing logic into this conversation. <laughs> Let me be irrational. I was just asking, <laughs> answering the question that I was asked. I don't want to talk about this anymore. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, let's let's get into let's get into the NFL uh, before we get into uh, into some baseball. So we're two weeks in here, and you know we've got a lot of uh, a lot of two and O teams in the NFC that we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, Samantha, let's start here. Which which team? Is hitting that panic button after after two games? Is it the is it the Bengals who or may or may not be without Burrow because of that troublesome calf? Uh, is it the Patriots? No. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the Bengals for me. Um, I, this is pretty consistent Bengali start. Um, so yeah, the calf is definitely something to keep an eye on. But this team has done this the last two seasons as well. They have looked horrible out of the gate and they somehow righted the ship so I, I'm going to give it another week on the Bengals the Patriots I'm really not worried about they played good games against tough opponents and lost them both so that doesn't worry me um, I I mean I would say the Chargers but I think this is exactly what we expected the Chargers to do <laughs> so um, the, the Giants feel concerning the, the Giants feel extremely concerning, especially if you were looking at them as a potential wild card as we did. That that worries me. I'm very worried about that. Um, 
Pittsburgh worries me just because, like, what are you going to do about this quarterback situation? You've gotten yourselves into a, a very, very bad spot. And I think that's about it. I think the other teams that I'm concerned about are the teams where we would go, well, yeah, of course you're worried about them because they're bad. Um, <laughs> we, but, were, we were worried about them before kickoff. <laughs> yeah, like the, the teams, I mean, I don't even know if that's panic, right? Because it, there is no panic. You just never expect them to get anywhere in the first place. You know, the, the Arizona and, so, you know, teams like that. The, heck, the Jets. Throw the Jets into that bucket. Um, I mean, I think if you're a Browns fan, you should be panicking. Um, the Browns were probably not going anywhere anyway because Deshaun Watson has been awful, but mm-hmm. uh, that's a pretty good defense. They were going to win some games. Nick Chubb can win you some games by himself, and now you don't have Nick Chubb anymore, and now you're staring down the barrel of, like, a five-win season. So, you know, I, that's probably the biggest panic button right there. What, whatever chance you had is probably gone, realistically. Like, I, Kareem Hunt is... You can't replace Nick Chubb, and you're definitely not going to replace him with Kareem Hunt. I don't care if he knows the system. It's ridiculous. Like, yes, try. By all means, go get somebody. Get a guy who knows your playbook, whatever. It's not going to matter. Oh, it, it, I mean, are they just not believing in Jerome Ford? Is, is that what's going on? Or is it they want to, they, they needed the depth? I, I think probably both. Um, you know, none of these people are Nick Chubb, so it's not going to matter, I guess is probably my point, is that there's really, unless you're going to go call up Indianapolis and, you know, offer up a King's Ransom and make a trade, which you really can't afford to do because you gave away all your picks to get to Sean Watson. Um, And I don't think you want to do it again. Um, You know, that 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 is the only person who would have been available who potentially solves the problem. Um, there, there is no one in the clubhouse and cream hunting in the clubhouse show that creates stuff. Yes. Yes. You're filling holes, but none of that solves the problem that this guy was the guy. He was right. your offense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the passing game is awful. It has been awful. It looks like, I don't know, either Watson is just cooked or he and Stefanski are like, Apples and hammers, like to use the herbiasm. <laughs> yeah, they just don't. Thank you. Together. Well done. Um, like I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's that Watson is just done for. But I, without Nick Chubb, forget it. Forget it. Because that was the caliber of running back you needed to overcome uh, such problems. So you know, your defense right. is going to keep you in some games, but the offense is, is toast as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Irby, how about you? Who's hitting the panic button for you? I, well, first of all, thank you, Samantha. Perfect use of that. Perfect use of that. Well done. Great landing. Um, I Panic button for me, um, you know, the, the AFC West. Blanket statement there. Just, just all, of them. all yeah. of them. You know, all of them. I, just in uh, general. Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, just in general. AFC West. I like the Chiefs have got the most talent. They've got the lineup. They've got the roster that can right this ship. And in a terrible, horrible division like that, it will be the Chiefs coming out. But um, I love the optics right now that the the Raiders, since they have a divisional win, are technically in first place with a minus twenty seven. Um, so that is just fantastic. Great job. But yeah, not not loving what we're seeing out there. Um, I. Carolina is another one too, but you know this is this was one too. 
we weren't expecting a ton here, but 0-2 in your own division to start the year off. Yep, this is you know, it's going to be bad. It's definitely bad. Um, the Bears, I, I don't put the Bears in that category because if your ceiling was panicking, like, this is good. Like, this isn't that bad for them. They've got 37 points. So I guess we find the positive here, but no, it's going to be a long year for the Bears fans. That's okay. You can go get the first pick, get Caleb Williams, get yourself a quarterback. We'll get to that later. Uh, the one, though, I do want to put on there uh, as a definite panic, um, Minnesota. Uh, I don't. I, I know this is this is this is what we we've talked about this before. I don't see this working out. Uh, I know you went out and did the trade here just a little while ago. Get Cam Akers. That's not going to solve all your problems. Or everything. I, it is going to help because it took two games to realize that Alexander Madison is not starting running back in the NFL. <laughs> so I yeah, Minnesota. I don't like this. This is something you got to fix. You got to fix this. Fortunately. They have not played anybody in their own division, and this isn't a division with anyone running away. So plenty of time to fix it, but maybe not panicking in Minnesota, but, but we're our hands on the trigger there. I don't know. I, I feel like Minnesota should be a little panicky. I'm a no on this one. No? That division is bad. Fair. And, you know, they've played tougher opponents. So I, I'm a no on that one for now. For now. <laughs> All right, let's 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 flip the script. Let's look at some of these surprise teams. We've got was it seven two and teams in the NFC for the first time ever. Um, let's let's talk about a few of them here: uh, Washington, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Smith, they're all two and zero. Which one surprises you the most, and which one surprises you the least? Um, are you saying? Are you asking me if I'm surprised that they're two and zero, or if I consider them a surprise team? Because I think that's two different questions. That's fair. Okay. Do you consider them a surprise team, or is this just a lucky start? Uh, three yeses and a no. Um, I'm a no on Atlanta. Yeah. So yeah. Atlanta's off to a lucky start. They're Washington, New Orleans, and Tampa. Tampa, really? That, 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 I'll give you Washington, New Orleans, but Tampa's kind of – I don't know about Tampa. That feels kind of lucky I to me. I probably have more questions about Washington, to be honest, based on the manner in which they've won. You know, Tampa has been relatively decisive. Um, so, to me, they're more of a, a positive surprise team, um, mostly because, you know, they, they had a what I think would be considered a very respectable win over a, you know, decent Minnesota team, and then a solid win over... Chicago, um, you know, Washington, okay, beating Denver, maybe, maybe, I don't know how meaningful that is, barely beating Arizona, not super impressive to me, I'm going to go ahead and guess, I mean, I for now I'll call Washington a, a positive surprise just because I expected them to be one and one at best uh-huh. right now, so I'm surprised in that way, but do I think this means Washington is good? No. No. Not at all. Um, I the the only one of these. I, I think New Orleans and Tampa are kind of intriguing, um, and, and some of that is just because those are teams that actually have the, the like personnel on the roster to qualify as something other than lucky. The rest of them, I don't buy it. Atlanta, I, I think, is interesting, but I'm not buying Desmond Ritter. I, I just don't buy it. Um, I'm pretty sure Taylor Heineke's going to take his job. I do like Arthur Smith, but how long is it going to take him to figure that out? Uh, because I do not love what I have seen from him at all. I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to get at people losing their jobs here in a second. Irby, same question to you, though, about these about these four teams. 
Which ones are which which ones are surprises? Which ones are just lucky? I definitely put Washington there in the lucky as well. Same thing with what Smith saying when you you know Carolina and uh, Denver uh, make life a whole lot easier when when you're doing that. Not not Carolina. <laughs> I'm sorry, not Carolina. Arizona. Same thing. Division two teams. You play in D two teams. So <laughs> are we a non? We're a non conference schedule here. Yeah, yeah, we're a non conference. Yeah, um, no, that's FCS. FCS. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Appalachian State in this in this in this conversation? That's what I want to know. Um, the uh, I yeah. So out in the South, I very curious. Kind of the same thing. Um, Atlanta, with still trying to figure out what they've got there. I look. You've you've got a big dose of the rookie Bijan Robinson, but that's not at a clip that it can be sustained. Because teams are going to start. Trying to limit him, and let's see what else you have. And Desmond Ritter, you know, yeah, like you said, like what, what's going to happen out there quarterback wise? So I, it's fun to keep an eye on New Orleans. The only lucky thing, I mean, New Orleans, this is a solid team. The only thing lucky about them is they got Tennessee week one before Tennessee remembers that they have Derrick Henry, who apparently they're not using right now as much. So I, yeah, I like, I, I, I think New Orleans is the one. If, if I had to have picked a team, it would have been them to end up winning this division. So that would be the least surprise there that they are two and zero. Yeah, that that division is going to be fun to watch those three teams and once they start playing because Atlanta and Orleans do have the games against Carolina. Did it exactly what we expected them to do? Um, and Tampa Bay's had maybe the tougher schedule, so I, I don't know. I yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Samantha here. Of I've got some serious question luck about Washington. I've got some real intrigue about New Orleans and Tampa. And the Atlanta situation, I it's is nice. This is a good run, but is this sustainable? Is a wholly totally different question. All right, then. So let's talk about some of these. Uh, let's talk about some of these quarterbacks. Uh, some are new to the league. Some aren't. Um, who's losing their job first? Do you think, Samantha? Of, of the, you, you just brought out Desmond out there in Atlanta. Is he at the top of your list? Is it Kenny Pickett? Is it Justin Fields? I'm not losing this quarterback. Oh, okay. This is not what we agreed to in the rundown. Because <laughs> the first person who should be losing their job is Brandon Staley. Okay, fair. <laughs> okay. I, he is going to make a great speech writer for a democratic political candidate someday. He is not a good football coach. Um, I seems like a nice guy. Very articulate. Very smart. Not not great with the whole football thing. Um, so yeah, that's it's bad. Um, but as far as the quarterbacks, I mean, it should be Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson should never have had that job in the first place. I mean, it's a shame on the Jets for not resigning Mike White. Um, as a contingency plan for their, you know, 40-year-old quarterback. Um, they might have wanted to have a viable backup there, but that's very Jetsy. Um, so, <laughs> well, maybe it should be Robert Sala. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm kind of kidding. I'm kind of not kidding, actually. Um, but, yeah, it should be Wilson. It's not going to be Field, so I want to throw him out of this discussion because it's just not going to happen. Um, but... I, 
other than Zach Wilson, I mean, Desmond, what, whatever the hell, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> I, do, I know what his last name is, I just don't know how to spell it. Um, because he hasn't been inspiring for me to go look it up and confirm the spelling. Um, also, look, I have a vested interest in Taylor Heineke. I will be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost just called him. My mom can't remember if he's Taylor or Tyler or Tanner, so she called him Tuber. Um, and I almost just said Tuber Heineke because that's what he is called around um, well, I mean, these, these parts. He is so. totally tubular. So, yeah, Tuber. It's very easy to remember, right? You're not going to forget Tuber, which I, I believe was the direction she was going in with that. Um, <laughs> anyway, nobody in our house remembers his first name now. Um, anyway, so good old Tuber, um, who's very, very good at, at kind of stepping up into the moment for a team that is, like, relatively competitive. Um, I think he's going to steal that job, and I would argue that he probably should. Um, obviously, this is, you know, you're hoping that, that Desmond is your guy, so you're going to give him a little bit longer leash. But ultimately, if you can win games you shouldn't, which is what they've been doing, in spite of him rather than because of him, at what point do you want to continue to be able to win those games? Because clearly you've got other things that are working for you. If you can stick a guy out there and, and you know, good old Tuber – who's, we're just, let's just roll with it now. Um, so, you know, Tuber is probably not the reason that you're going to win games, but he's pretty good at not being the reason you lose them. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many games you give, you're going to give Ritter before you just give up on him. But if your season is going well in spite of your quarterback, and this is the same question I have for Pittsburgh, is like, I, what I hope we don't see is, a team that equips itself pretty well, and then ultimately you go, well, the real problem is Matt Canada, and and then they just sit on Kenny Pickett for even longer. He's not a good quarterback. He's just not. He's bad. Like, he's actively bad. Now, I thought he was better than this, based on what we saw last year, but he's not. He's terrible. Deshaun Watson is also terrible, but you're not replacing him because he is extremely expensive. <laughs> so that one is another one where you have to send him out there and just hope. But, yeah, it's it's not going to be picket. I'll put that out there. It won't be. It probably <laughs> should be. It, they should just let Mitchell play, but it won't be. See, I, I feel like the running theme here is the backups are better than the starters, and we don't know why the starters are instead of the backups. Yeah, I mean, I think that does apply to several of these. I, I certainly think that's it's, it's moving that way in Atlanta. And I don't know. Is is. Trubisky better than Pickett? Maybe. I, I don't, neither one of them is good. In fact, I think they're probably both bad. So which one is less bad? I don't know. And then the Jets, come on, man. There's someone out there who's not currently employed who is not as bad as Zach Wilson. you got to fix that. Your, your team is too good not to try. <laughs> well, I, we got to fire a lot of people. we got to fire all the people, not just those people, but we got to yep. fire the people making the decisions about this. Right? I mean, and it's not just the head coach. I mean, these coordinators are the, are the ones that are also you know, running these guys out there and trying to design plays around them and spilling at that. I mean, we got a lot of people to fire here. The question is, before we get to Irby and then how he feels about, about who's going to lose their job first, um, are any of these names on the list? Um, let's see. Are any of them on the list? Staley. Staley. Brandon Staley is on the list for <laughs> sure. Um, I, I don't put Zach Wilson on there because I have like a, a trollist affection for him. So I don't want him to get started because it's funny. Ritter, I don't really care about other than, well, maybe I should put him on there as I have an interest in, in Tuber um, getting back into the limelight. Mm-hmm. So 
perhaps I will put him on the list. And, and Kenny, I, I have no ill will towards Kenny Pickett. I don't care if he gets fired. Um, I, you know, that perhaps we should be looking at some front office folks. Um, get off. Yes. Um, so there, there's something to consider. I don't know. The list is, I haven't put the list out yet, guys. Um, I apologize for that. I, I tend to, I usually put it out the first Thursday night football game of the year, but I, I kind of wanted to wait until we got into the season a little bit. Otherwise, my list was going to be mostly baseball, and I know you guys want to see the football stuff. So the, the list is coming. I, I promise it will be here. Um, all right, it's going to be good, guys. We're going to fire some mascots. We're going to fire the Astros like we do every year. Of course. Um, we're going to fire the Twins like we do every year, although that feels like cheating because they're going to fire themselves. But, but uh, you know, the, the NFL stuff is piling up, so there, there will be a list soon, and, and some people we've just discussed might be on it. <laughs> Okay, Irby. Who are you going to fire here first? Well, I first of all, I'm there also with the Kenny Pickett. We cannot let that one happen because that just brings us one step closer to Mason Rudolph on the field again. So, no, let Kenny, let's ride this out. Um, yeah, that's another good argument for that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll second that. Um, I also, I don't think Justin Fields is getting fired. Uh, I, 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 it has not. This has nothing to do with good, bad play, whatever you want to do. I think the Bears are riding this one out to truly see what they have. And the, the worst thing that can happen is, is that this, this, this is not going to be the year, whether Fields figures it out or not. So you need to play him and see what you've got. And then if it's as bad as it's looking right now, it's a whole lot easier to go. Okay, scrap, moving on. What's next? Um, so I, I think Fields is there. The other ones to watch. Uh, a little vested interest here. Um, keep an eye on uh, Anthony Richardson out in Indianapolis and what's going on there. Uh, show favorite Gardner Minshew back up there. Love to see Gardner get back out there. I know Anthony's dealing with an injury right now, but still, I'm not impressed two weeks in. Again, two weeks in or anything. And then i love to see the situation continue to develop. I mean, hinted at this a little ago with Tennessee uh, with Mr. Tannehill. Uh, and Malik Willis behind. I don't know if Malik Willis is, is the answer by any means, but I, how much longer are we riding the Ryan Tannehill? I, look, he is not a horrible quarterback. He's never been an amazing quarterback. He's never been a great quarterback. He's been a guy that just gets the job done, and he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make mistakes. Well, two games in, he's turning the ball over, and he's making mistakes. So that's one. I, Tannehill's not losing the job anytime soon right now, but it's just to kind of keep an eye on of how long would Tennessee ride with a struggling Ryan Tannehill before maybe turn into some youth. All right, let's flip it over to baseball now. Now that we've put week two of the NFL season to bed. Samantha, what are you gonna what are you gonna kick us off with tonight? What's our leadoff hitter? All right, so this happened last week, but we haven't talked about it yet. Um I thought we should talk about High and Bloom getting fired um and sort of what's happened with the Red Sox because I think there's, you know, there's an interesting debate to be had here about was it his fault? Is he just the scapegoat? I, I think there's kind of a good argument for both sides. Um, like, look, I am on record saying I didn't like this hire from the beginning, um, which had less to do with High and Bloom as an individual and more to do with the fact that. You know, when you hire Dave Dombrowski, you know he's going to gut your farm system, probably win you a World Series, and then the next person is going to have to come in and clean up the mess. So, okay, you know, flags fly forever. I think that's a pretty darn good trade, especially, you know, those of us who don't 
have a World Series in their lifetime would gladly allow someone to gut their farm system and put them in a hole for a while in order to get one. So, so I understand that. Um, but I think when you bring in a person from the Rays, um, there are many, many very smart and capable people working for that organization. And I think it's fine to hire one and say, hey, here's our business model. We'd now like you to you know, use that, that great brain of yours to kind of make this happen. But I think when you bring in someone from the Rays with the idea that you, an organization that doesn't function in any way, similarly to the Rays, bring in a person from the Rays and say, hey, we'd like to save some money on this rebuild. Can you do that? You are setting both yourself and them up to fail because you have a system that doesn't match what they do. Now, you want to bring in this guy and say, hey, we want you to kind of run this team the Red Sox way? That's fine. But that clearly wasn't what they were doing. They wanted to bring some raziness into the way that they do things. And that takes a very long time to implement. And bringing somebody in, it's like square peg, round hole. Again, the apples and hammers, right? This is another apples and hammers. We've got two of them tonight, Derby. So I, <laughs> I, a lot of this, I, I think, was just a, a bad hire. It's the wrong person. It's the wrong model. It's the wrong everything. Um, and, you know, it, so much of this comes down to who do you blame for the Mookie Betts trade, which was an absolute disaster, and just it's inexcusable that that happened. I, Red Sox fans are still very angry about this as well. They should be. Um, that trade has not worked out in their favor. That trade should never have been made in the first place. You know, you say you're not going to spend on Mookie, who is probably a, a future Hall of Famer and an outstanding baseball player, outstanding person, just, and the guy's got everything to recommend him. He's like, I mean, this is a guy who you're just like, oh, I don't know. We need a shortstop. We'll just stick him a shortstop. And instead, you know, you're giving your money to, you know, fatter by the year Raphael Devers. Uh, probably not the right way to go. So I don't know that you can blame Bloom fully for that. I think he was operating on a financial model, again, um, that the Red Sox implemented to try to kind of correct, course correct, after what the last administration had done. But, you know, I don't know that I think that's his fault. That said, the return on that trade is his fault. Because even if he was told, you need to trade Mookie Betts, we're not going to pay him, the garbage heap that they got back for that, that's on you, the right. GM. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, Henry and the ownership group were like, gosh, we just really want Teeter Downs. Can you make that happen? That's not how that worked. So, um, you know, that was bad. And also, I think that if you come in, if you come in and you say, yes, I can build you a successful team on a raise-like budget, I can build you a team based on analytics, then you have to be able to deliver that. So Mm -hmm. even if the model is working against you, even if what is in place is working against you, if you come in and you say you can do that in order to get a job and then you don't do it, ultimately the blame lies with you. So I'm pretty comfortable saying I I think he made his own bed here. He had some help, certainly. But I'm not certain I think that this is a mistake at all um, to fire him. He will get another job in baseball, and, and good for him. But I'm not sure that I would say I think this was the wrong move. I think it's probably the right move for a lot of reasons, some of which are his fault and some of which are just you guys tried an experiment and it didn't work out. I just wonder how much of this is is is, is just trying to toss the fans a bone because this will be, what, their second straight year finishing last in the AL East, which in Boston that's just unacceptable, <laughs> just like it would be in, in New York. Uh, someone's head's got to roll. And I, I guess do you do you determine, Irby? Is it if you determine it's the roster, then you, you get rid of the front office guy, and if it's not the roster, then you get rid of the manager. That just seems like what this is. 
and they determined it was the roster how it was made up as opposed to performance by the manager. Hold on, can we get rid of the manager too? I mean, I, I don't believe the manager's job was ever in danger here, so we should <laughs> no, let's no, no, move no, away no. from that. I, it wasn't an either or. That, right. that was never on the table here. <laughs> I should get rid of the manager. No, I. Yeah. So it's the the last point that you were making, Samantha. That's exactly the 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 direction I was thinking too. Is is that you you went for an experiment, um, and that's the difficult thing in sports. In when you when you bring in X analytics and numbers. I mean, we can sit here and we can go over that over and over again. We can talk through those numbers. I we, we have those conversations, but at the end of the day, it's on the field. And those numbers do show there's lots of great stuff, but it's on the field. And you took a gamble. You did something that on paper makes sense. And it, and I understand, and on paper, you could sit there and I would sit in a room with you on paper and understand what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. And I get it. But in reality, when these things blow up, when you trade away a guy like Mookie Betts and he goes on to continue doing what he does and the pieces you got back are doing what they're doing, yes, this is what's cost you your job. And it's that simple. And it's and it's a a decision where you, you tried something, it didn't work. Unfortunately, at this level of sports, at this high, high level, tip of the spear of sports, there's very little margin of error. And when you make those mistakes – when you make a mistake like this, well, you're talking about back-to-back seasons at the bottom, at the cellar of the division. Yeah, that's going to cost you your job. Whether this was, we had to do something different. I, I, I mean, there, there, we can go multiple different ways. I mean, golly, we were. I mentioned the game I was at today, watching them, and it looked like a team that's quit. It was, it was almost embarrassing to watch. They, they were quitting on the field, and it, it's painful to watch. Something had to change. You know what? Usually, and this is in the many situations in pro sports like this, when something changes, and, and, and in amateur sports as well, when something big like this has to change, it's going to start at the top and it's going to trickle down. And I, I agree. Uh, Bloom finds another job somewhere else. Uh, it's this is the same that we've seen this in other places, but unfortunately, yeah, I don't think this is the wrong decision. Boston's got to move in another direction. All right, Samantha, what's next? Well, let's let's talk about a team that's that's moving on uh, and <laughs> making a change for a very different reason. So that'll be the, the Cleveland Guardians, who are going to be needing a new manager next season. Obviously, very, very different situation here from what was going on in Boston. Terry Francona probably could have, you know, died in a proverbial chair if he wanted to there. Um, just absolutely beloved for all the, you know, griping that you will hear out of a certain segment of the fan base. Um no one wanted Terry Francona to leave. Unfortunately, it's probably the right call, again, um, for very different reasons than what we just talked about with Boston and general mm-hmm. manager's job. Um, but, you know, it, Francona, his health is not good. And it has cost him a lot of games over the last couple of years. And, you know, when we joke about somebody dying in the chair, well, I don't want him dying in the chair next year. So if that means he needs to retire, you know, he's much too young this so if he needs to retire then you know as much as those guardians fans we hate this um it's it's the right call um 
as far as a new manager, um, which I think is sort of the interesting part of the discussion here, um, obviously we will all very much miss Terry Francona, but, you know, I think the mostly a lot of different directions you could go with this, but I think the thing that everybody kind of agrees on is that, like, you have a really good system in place here in terms of the way the coaching staff operates, the way the coaching staff interacts both with the front office, with the players, and just sort of what the overall philosophy is there. So I think that when you have a situation like this where you're retiring out a manager rather than firing him, and you're retiring him out basically because he has no choice, he doesn't want to leave, you don't want him to leave, then it becomes an if it ain't broke, don't break it situation, which means you're looking for something that will keep the status quo. So while none of the immediate major league assistants are attractive coaching candidates to me, um, there, there just isn't anybody. I mean, but probably your best candidate is Mike Sarbaugh, who is at best an unknown. So I think you stay away from that. But you do want to keep a lot of these guys on staff, right? I mean, I don't really care what happens with DeMarlo Hale or Sandy Alomar, but, you know, certainly Carl Willis would be the priority, right? You want Carl Willis to remain your pitching coach. So you need to get somebody in there who's not looking to bring in their guys, which means you need somebody who's either already in the organization or has very strong ties to the organization and kind of has already bought into the philosophy. So you have some guys managing in the minor leagues right now. Luke Carlin is a guy who kind of stands out to me. Um, so depending on how much experience you're looking for, certainly he might be a good candidate. Mike Napoli's name has been tossed out there a lot, and I think he is probably my favorite candidate for this. Um, certainly a guy who was a, a Terry Francona guy. He's an assistant under David Ross right now. I think he would welcome the opportunity. I, I think he's been getting enough experience. He's a great clubhouse guy. He's played with a lot of these guys. I, I think he would be an excellent candidate. Um, Kevin Seitzer's name has been out there, and as much as that would like really make like 14-year-old Samantha really happy, <laughs> um, it's... You know, I, I don't know that he necessarily has the ties to this philosophy organizationally as the organization currently operates. It's not to say I think he would be diametrically opposed to those things, but I almost wonder if you want somebody who's a bit closer to home in terms of the timelines of the Francona sort of regime and all that. So, you know, those are probably your best candidates. I mean, I've heard guys like Brian Bannister's name, or excuse me, Jeff Bannister, um, the same person to me. Um, and to me, that's like, yeah, but that's a complete outsider. I don't know that you want that. I don't know that you're necessarily going for established major league success here. I think you're going for somebody who can take what you have in place and not mess it up. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so... I mean, I'm assuming just 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 spitballing here, like like this is going to be a rather extensive search, right? Like this isn't going to be one of those where you know, right like during the World Series we get rumors, and right after the World Series, bam, there's a manager in place. Um, maybe I don't know. Um, I I think that they're not the urgency isn't there because you're not necessarily looking for whoever like the hottest guy on the market who just got fired by someone else mm -hmm. yeah. is or the hottest guy who might come out of retirement to take that job. Those aren't necessarily the people you're going to be looking for here. So you have the luxury of time to an extent because most likely you're hiring somebody who would either be getting a major promotion. So if you're talking about somebody like Sites or Napoli, who's not currently part of the organization, you're talking about somebody who would 
be incentivized to take a job they probably wouldn't be offered somewhere else. Or you're talking about somebody from within the organization where, again, they're not going anywhere. So I think the urgency isn't there in terms of like, oh, well, we better act now or somebody else is going to steal our guy. Like, I don't think anybody wants our guy. You know, like, I don't think we have any guys <laughs> that other people want. So it's a highly specific job to fit a highly specific need where I don't think that applies. That said, you also don't necessarily have the incentive to wait because you've known that Francona was going to retire, so you know who the the mm-hmm. players are, you know. So so I would think that in order to create, because what you're trying to do is create stability, you want that stability to start as soon as possible. You wouldn't want to wait too long. But so, you know, I don't know. So I guess it depends on how much they've already thought about it. You know, maybe it is the day after the World Series that you announce it because, heck, you know, you, you've already got the guy there, you know, or do you wait a little bit and sort of give your outside candidates some time to think about it because you're probably not competing with anyone else for their services, at least not at that level. Right. Herb, any thoughts here? Guardians looking for a new skipper? I, first of all, I, I, I miss the best with uh, Tito. I, he's fantastic. Manager, he's fun to watch. Even when head-to-head competition, he's beating up on your own team. Still, he is fantastic to watch. And, and this 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 goes beyond baseball. We love it. We absolutely love it. But health, you know, that matters a lot more. Um, this is an interesting job search because a lot of times when we're talking about this, we're talking about a team that's looking to take that next step forward, looking for a team that's consistently, you know, trying to build something. They've got to get someone new in, and they've got to get new you know, moving in that right direction. This is a Cleveland team that's already established. Yes, the season has not gone the way that Cleveland fans have wanted it to, but this is still a good, solid core. This is a, this is, it's got players on this team that have playoff success. So that adds another layer of interest on who wants to be a part of that. Who do you bring in to be a part of that? Um, which is exciting too. Um, I, I love some of those candidates you're throwing out of everything and I, I can't now, Forever, I'm going to join the Mike Napoli bandwagon there. Just um, he has to keep the beard, right? Like he's going to have to grow out the beard throughout the season because we need Mike Napoli with the beard. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Now we don't have those kinds of rules in our organization. You're allowed yeah. to have a personality here. So if Mike wants a beard, and if the people want a beard, the beard he shall have. I mean, heck, this I, is a guy who inspired the whole party at Napoli's thing and, like, ended up wearing the shirt himself while he was on the team. So, you know, however Mike wants to express his personality. I mean, if anything, you're talking about a team that has too much personality. So, you know, he'll fit right in. Yeah, exactly. That's that, That's the one. I'd almost put that in the job, you know, description of him. It's like, you have to have the beard. Like, you can't be clean-shaped. We don't want you clean-shaped. We want you with a growing beard, maybe a bird living in there. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> and he looked like um, like Hunter Gaddis. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Disney manager, right? So, something one of those animated movies. <laughs> All right. Irby, you're up, buddy. What's next? All right. Well, the, the, the first one I wanted to jump on, I know it's a topic we've hit on before, but slightly different angle on this, the, um, the pitch clock, you know, obviously for a new season, we've got the pitch clock going, everything been a big success and multiple aspects, but what the angle I want to want to talk about with you guys and get, get your opinion on this as well is, is that we're approaching October. It is, it is literally right around the corner. We are getting into 
postseason baseball. And postseason baseball, playoff baseball, October baseball, it is a different monster. Um, and one of the aspects of it that we've grown up and we've always been around, the length of games. Well, those are going to be short with this pitch clock. Because as we've already heard, the pitch clock is not getting changed. Uh, we are going to keep the exact same thing for this season. We'll see how that plays out. But with that, we've always had these moments in postseason baseball. It's it's the in-between pitches in those big at-bats. The tying runs at third. The go-ahead runs at second. You know, it's, it's eighth inning, necessary at-bat. It's ninth inning. Guy at first, we all know, is still. It's things like that. And we've had these moments where we're... we're for the good or the bad, we can go through all that later, but it's the announcer has got plenty of time to set the situation. We have plenty of time to set this because there's basically 45 seconds in between pitches. Well, that's gone. <laughs> now, we got 15 or 20 at the beginning of it with no one on, but 20 seconds, 15, 20 seconds. And so things are going to move a little bit quicker, and it just adds another level of the intensity of October baseball. And that is what's going to be something that I, and for me, I'm very excited about this just to see how pitchers, and, and it's more pitchers. It's going to be an issue on batters as well, just because it's kind of, we got to get going, you got to get going. But in those big moments, which are still going to be big moments, you're going to have an opportunity for someone to crack potentially a lot quicker because they have to keep moving the pace. You have the opportunity for a batter who is in a rhythm to go, yeah, I got you now. I got you. And now I know what you're going to do. Go ahead and throw it. Yep, thank you. Crack. That's what I'm excited about is that because this pace is going, how is this going to look different early on in the games, but especially in those last three innings? Oh, you know, I, I guess on one hand, I get it. Like It's been successful in the regular season, and playoff games tend to be about eight hours long. So I, I get it, but I've just got this very healthy fear that that a deciding game, be it in deciding a playoff series, one of the games in the World Series, is going to be decided by something like this. Not because it's been prevalent, because it hasn't been, but just because of Murphy's Law. You know, it's going to happen. And the ramifications of that, I don't think baseball is prepared for that's the thing I think people should be worrying about. Um, you know, what's been the argument most of the time, and, and by the way, guys, it's their right to leave it in place. And that is only because people cannot adjust back to that after they've already adjusted True. to the yeah. pitch. They just can't True. do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they have to leave it in place. But as far as what the problem with it is, that the, the most common argument is that we're going to lose those big moments and, you're like, okay, but, like, do I really need to see, like, guys staring down the other guy for 20 seconds? Like, I don't need to see a batter and a pitcher locking eyes intensely for, like, an extended period of time. I don't need that. Like, my World Series experience will not be lessened by not seeing two dudes, like, making uncomfortable eye contact with each other while the announcer is like, and this matchup is like, I don't even listen with the sound on half the time. I don't care. The playoff announcers are terrible. You guys, they're awful. They have the worst announcers in the world. Like Mm -hmm. I, once you get, you know, Fox, I just like, it is a bad team. So you're not losing anything by the announcers not being able to, they've also, well, I would say they have a full season of, practice except every time we see those people in the playoffs we are reminded by their performance that they clearly haven't watched any baseball all year 
So anyway, save yourself some headaches and mute your TV. It does not matter. The thing that people should be worried about is exactly, Bo, what you mentioned, which is, like you said, it's probably not going to happen because it's not very common. But what if it did? What if you're the mm-hmm. guy that gets eliminated on something like that? I mean, do we want that? Do we want that? I mean, heck, what if you're the guy who wins? Do you want to even win that way? No. I mean, like, it's just like, it would be gross if a series ended that way. I mean, it might even be gross if a game ends that way. So that's the thing that concerns me about this. And it's the thing that I think probably should have been of greater concern when we were implementing this thing in the first place. Because like I said, you can't change it for the postseason. Screw everybody. You know how pitchers are. They're all you think pitchers can adapt to that again and then adapt back at the beginning of next season? They would never make it. Like, I, Emmanuel Classe's brain would boil. Like, but I, I do think, yes, that is that is my concern. Like, that is the thing that scares right. me, that we will have a game end on a pitch clock violation. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the kind of stuff, it's, especially for you, you know, fans of teams that are in it. Like, it's going to keep you up at night thinking yeah. about that, right? That's, that certainly would me. <laughs> Certainly would me. Irby, anything you want to add here? Uh, yeah, just for the footer, um, for everybody uh, listening, the, the point they're making is great. They mean that for every team except for one. Yes. Um, every team except for one. Yeah. Just, just one. It's also, <laughs> it's also, we don't care about anything that happens to those people. Though, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it's, it's also worth noting the only thing that can lessen the World Series is if the Astros are in it. True. So... Well, and I don't even want them to lose on a pitch clock violation, to be honest, because then we'll have to hear from them about how they only lost because of the pitch clock. But I don't want that either. Okay. No. But we're going to hear from them anyway. I don't care. I would rather they <laughs> lost in a manner that was like did not provoke other people to seek out the opinions of, you know, like, oh, this happened to you. Are you upset? Of course they're freaking upset. They're never not upset. <laughs> Ugh. I can see it now. You know, they get booted in the wild card round because unless they're playing in Texas, they can't seem to win. They get booted in the wild card round, and it's gonna be well. They're gonna go full full martyr. Where everyone wanted us to lose, you're welcome, baseball. I can see that. Yes, that's pretty much exactly how that would go. <laughs> All right, Irby, what's next? Well, all right. So my last piece, um, which. It's kind of related, but you know, whatever. It, it's um, you guys know I was on a a, a trip this summer, and, and part of that trip, I did some uh, some serious um, serious research and stuff. And so, um, you know, we all know those disgusting trash cans at ballparks. We've seen it. People that throw their trash at it can't hit everything, and not just ballparks, but we see the subway ones that seem to never get cleaned. Um, the one at the, the football game that's you know, been there all day long, out in the sun, so it's starting to have a nice little smell to it. Uh, the commercial sets that are always on fire, floating down a river, or actually down the street in the situation. So all those things, but it got me thinking, you know, what is the worst? Um, and so that's what I kind of worked on, is, is what are the worst kinds of trash cans out there? So um, that's what I've got for you guys. And um, All right, so the first one I have on here, and this is kind of, I've just got six here. So we're not gonna we're not gonna do Irby's top ten or anything crazy like that. We're just gonna go six six things. Right. Um, my, my number one, it's that outdoor uh, commercial one that kind of uh, that, uh, for, at a park that's like on a pole, everything, but it doesn't actually completely close. It's open, 
So it's over, always overflowing. It's full of food and dog poop bags and all that stuff. That's one I just can't. Like, they're always full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the second one uh, is the automatic trash lid. You guys have seen this one when we wave your hand and it opens up and yeah, then automatically one. closes itself out. Yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, the usage of these things, um, or, or in this case, the overusage um, at MLB ballparks has really nullified that cost efficiency, especially at ballparks in series when C.B. Buckner, Angel Hernandez, and Laz Diaz are in town. Ugh. The automatic is having to work a little too hard. Sorry. <laughs> Um, the third one, um, so you've seen these ones, the trash can, the plastic, and all that stuff. There's a quad. Uh, the quad plastic trash receptacle. Four different options of where to throw your stuff. Really have to think about where you're throwing your trash. And in many cases, this makes sense. Unfortunately, there's one. There's a few out in East Rutherford, New Jersey, where it's not a great option because it's one option is trash, two is plastic, three is your bottles, your beer bottles, and four are giants. This is in the last year. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. We're 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 trying to get people to recycle when we when it, 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 they really just don't want to recycle, and we're going to make it more complicated. Exactly. Exactly. So the, <laughs> okay. the, 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 four, the the fourth one is the animal proof trash receptacle. Um, if anyone ever goes hiking, you go out in the mountains, you've seen these things all the time. Where you kind of have to stick your hand in to unlock it so that the bears and those things don't the animals don't get in and get the food and. Um, it's used to keep the the wildlife out. Unfortunately, these are starting to be placed in some end zones in NFL stadiums, and they're keeping out of those end zone bears, Bengals, and Panthers. Nice. What a dad joke. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, the fifth one is the wall-mounted recycling bin. Didn't know about this one. A wall-mounted recycling bin. So, yes, exactly what it sounds like. It's a compact efficient, elevated trash can to eliminate clutter. That is the whole point of it, is eliminating clutter. Unfortunately, the thing is elevated up on a wall. So, however great and sounds and all those things, I don't see this being a big thing. I have This is definitely going to be a problem in Southern California, especially cities like San Diego and Anaheim, where they're literally just throwing shit at the wall, and it's not going in the trash can to see what might work. Okay, that dad joke kind of got me. <laughs> there you go. And the last one uh, is the one that we all know. The, 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 the most disgusting, ridiculous trash can out there is your Houston Astros. Ooh. It's a pretty good list, Samantha. That's a pretty good list, I think. Um, the quad receptacle for recycling still has me. But, yeah, I, I would agree that the trash cans down in Houston are, uh, are, are top of the list in terms of worst. See, I liked the Enzo joke. That that was the top, that was tops for me. That's not a dad. That's a. I don't even know if that is a dad joke. That's just a. That's a solid quality joke. I enjoyed it. Um, and I I do agree that yes, the worst um kind of trash can is the the kind that lives in Houston. Um, but I would also just like to throw in my personal hatred for the quads. Like every time I go in like a Starbucks, I have to stand there like at the front of the trash bin and read all the signs and it's like <laughs> recycling. And then another one's like paper and you're like, okay, 
which one and then you look so you look into it right and there's like straw wrappers in both and you're like well what am i supposed to do now <laughs> like what is recycling and paper the other one doesn't specifically say plastic it just says recycling and then the other one says waste and there's paper in that one too so like what am i supposed to do here like i i feel like oh like it's just we're not good at recycling like as a society so like maybe we, we need to work at this a little differently i do not like the quad um i like it better than the thing in houston though i won't say that much i do <laughs> oh man all right well uh we talked a little bit last week about the ao wild card race i think this week i, I let's talk a little bit about that ao east you know now we're, we're well aware that toronto and new york and boston are at this car race a two-team race uh, but, you know, it's gotten interesting. The Rays, Samantha, they clawed up to a tie. Baltimore has now opened up a two-and-a-half lead going into into play on Wednesday. Remember, remember guys, we recorded this show on Wednesdays. Um, the, the Rays are actually <clears throat> losing to the Angels, so that loss to Houston earlier, <clears throat> Orioles aren't going to give up any ground. So it's going to be one-and-a-half or two-and-a-half, probably two-and-a-half going into the weekend series. Uh, between the Ra- the the Rays and the Orioles, and are, are you surprised that that that, that the Rays clawed back in? Because it sure like the or- looked like the Orioles were starting to pull away. Then the Rays get close. Now it looks like the Orioles are starting to pull away again. Yeah, it's strange because you know, on in one way you think, well, the Rays were actually the ones that had a huge lead initially, and then they blew it basically. And then Baltimore kind of started to build up a significant lead, and then they blew that. And then Tampa just kind of never really got there. They sort of, like you said, they clawed their way back in, and then they fell back again. So I think Baltimore is a better team, which is not necessarily an indicator, of course, of how these things turn out. And certainly the Rays are a good team. You know, both of these guys are going to be really, really tough outs in the postseason. but. I think Baltimore looks like a better team. And the fact that Tampa lost it in the first place, never really found their way back again, never got past the tie and then fell off again. I, I don't know. I don't see it happening. I'll be honest. I just don't see it happening. Irby, how about you? Anything you want to add here to the, uh, AL East race? I, yeah, I'm kind of the same, you know, good job for the Rays. I know the injury stuff, uh, with the pitching, we were all really concerned, but they've done a great job of hanging around. And I, these are two. <laughs> honestly, I'm I'm getting to the point now where it's like, can we just skip a lot of this playoffs and let's just do Rays, Orioles, Braves, Dodgers? I know that's not what we're going to do, but that but these teams are starting to pull themselves away from everybody. Um, and this yeah. is a this is a great battle between this Rays and Orioles team because of how the playoffs are set up. You know, one of these teams will be sitting there as a as a wild card, playing the number two wild card. And you look at the battle going on between Toronto, Houston, Texas, and Seattle, um, where there's four teams all with over a you know a great chance of making the playoffs, but one of them won't make it. Mm-hmm. And one of those teams will get the loser of this Rays Orioles thing, which I'm curious with you guys. I'm kind of leaning towards it will end up being the Rays um, because Baltimore. I just I just hope Baltimore's not peaking a little too soon. Like Baltimore's. This is a solid team. Wouldn't no? Uh, wouldn't the loser of that get the Twins? The, uh, the wild card would get the Twins. Well, okay. So the loser, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I'm I'm throwing in the West there as well. It's yes, the two the two seed would get the Rays Orioles loser. The three seed goes to Minnesota. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I was throwing in the AL West at the same time, but yes, it's one team out, one one going. Yeah, it's the, the that third wild card heads to the Twins, which suddenly it seems like, well, you'd rather be the third wild card than the two wild card. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I agree with you both of you. I, I think I think the Orioles are going to hold off. Hold off the race here. I mean, they're just on a roll. I know they lost. They, they didn't sweep Houston, but they got close and absolutely bombed them uh, last night. So I, I think it's a fascinating race. I, I think it's actually, even though the the distance between first and second is bigger, I think it's more entertaining than the, than the race in the AOS. I think it's more entertaining than the races in the in the in each wild card. Uh, this is the one that's interesting and. Irby, a lot, your final four is spot on, right? Braves, Dodgers, Rays, Orioles, you know, but this is why this is why baseball fans can't have nice things because that's not, that's not what's going to happen. It's the final four. But I don't want reserve. that. No, I have the exact opposite opinion on that. I don't want that. Ooh. It's so boring. It's so boring when it's one, two, one, two on each side. Like, I know the seating is not going to work out like that, but I don't want to see the exact four teams that everybody thinks they're going to see there. It's boring. Like, the only good thing about that is that it's eliminated the trash can. Well, that, that, I don't want it to go that way. It's too predictable. It's dull. I want people to come out of nowhere. I want chaos. Like, I don't ever want predictable unless my team's in, and I want to predict that they'll win and be right. Like, other than that, as somebody who does not have a dog in the fight here, like, I don't want that. It's so dull. What if we do predictable in the AL and chaos in the NL? No. <laughs> no we have More chaos. chaos. No. First of all, the Rays are one of the least interesting teams to me like, <laughs> in all true. of baseball. And I also think that their brand of baseball is bad for baseball because it encourages other teams to be cheap. So I don't want to see them succeed. Also, their games are a drag and their stadium's a drag. So I'm, I'm a very hard no. They're going to do one, though, apparently. Great, that's not going to help us when we have to look at it in the postseason this year. <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if they built another one exactly like the Trop, but, you know. This is what I'm afraid of, that it's going to be the exact same well, I mean, thing, I mean, but, like, bigger. Well, I, <laughs> like, I mean, you, you look at the specs of it, you're like, that's what they have now. Just get rid of the catwalks. <laughs> <laughs> but the ceiling is still in play. I can see how that would go. Like, oh, like you're gonna be like, look, we made another miserable place to watch baseball. Um, but now it's it's just when it hits the ceiling instead of the catwalks. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're probably gonna add more catwalks. <laughs> more catwalks. Right? It's the exact same thing. But we added more catwalks. Um, and and the ray pool, They're, we're going to clean the ray pool for the first time ever. We're going to clean the ray pool and start Ugh. over. Look, oh. What could go wrong? I just oh. please move, please move. <laughs> like you, you will rarely hear me advocate for a team moving, but I will make an exception. <laughs> please move. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Okay. Well, let's have a little fun here, you know, because everyone that is a fan of lollygagging knows that we three lollygaggers are fans of mascots. And from time to time, we like to have fun with mascots. Uh, so this time, this week, we're going to do a mascot realignment. Now, I'm going to get the ball rolling here. I, I've got I've got three that I want to share with you guys. Now, uh, you can offer a different realignment for the teams that I'm mentioning if you would like to, or you can you could toss out of the pile and realign some more. That's up to you two. Uh, but I'm going to kick it kick us off. Uh, so we know that the A's. 
are heading to Vegas. And the feral cats probably aren't going to follow them as much as we would like them to. So how about how about we just talk to the Arizona Diamondbacks about, about sending Baxter the Bobcat over? He could be their feral cat. Right? Let's just get started. Now, in my research, I really wanted to find a good one because I really like Orbit. Okay, it is literally the only thing in Houston I like is is the, is Orbit the mascot. Well, I don't think he belongs on a team of trash cans. So we're going to get him out of there. Uh, I wanted to find an appropriate replacement for the Houston Astros. And I think I found it. Uh, for starters, they didn't really deserve the primary mascot of another major league team, in my opinion. Uh, but I found a good auxiliary mascot that we can send over to Houston. Uh, doesn't appear much. Started off as the logo in Milwaukee. Uh, but now he is, you know, he's, he's, he, from time to time comes out, he's uh, the auxiliary mascot, Barrel Man, or also known as Beer Barrel Man. I don't know if you guys have seen this mascot, but he's perfect, because it's got a smirk, like, like, like a Houston Astro would have. It looks like something you want to beat the living hell out of with this styrofoam bat that he carries around. It's perfect, and, and the first time I saw it, the first time I looked at it, I was like, well, it kind of looks like a trash can. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. For the Houston Astros. And since Orbit needs a home, and I'm going to be selfish here because I really hate that Rangers captain. I think the I think the Rangers ought to take Orbit. And the best part about that is nothing is going to piss off that fan base more than Orbit going to Arlington. So those are my three. Samantha, what do you think? Would you change anything there? You want to add on? Um, Let's see. So I... You know, I my only thing with Oakland is what happens to Stomper in this scenario because I love Stomper, I mean, and I want Stomper to have a nice home. So, can, should Stomper go to Arizona then? If I, Baxter's going, why not? To, we could do a nice little trade. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, I wholly agree that the Astros do not deserve Orbit because Orbit is great, and they shouldn't be allowed to have that. Um, I also support orbit being sent to texas because it would make them mad and because you guys deserve a nice mascot and captain is stupid Thank you. so i fully support orbit going to texas um i think you know i like your barrel man thing actually because he looks like a trash can so that's good i'm fine with your solution my solution was i think that the, the astros should have to take that braves thing because it's gross and creepy um and then the braves can yeah, I hate that thing. It's awful. It's so icky looking. Um, and I think that they deserve that thing. But I would be okay with the trash can barrel guy as well. And then the Braves can have captain. That's fine. That works. I, feel. Um, I feel okay about that. Um, and the only thing I was going to add to this is, you know, the Reds having four mascots, as we know, as we have discussed many times on the show, just incenses me. You don't need four mascots. You need to stop this right now. And so that I think that one of those... You know, let's kill two birds with one stone. Let's send one of them to the Yankees because it's obnoxious that they don't have a mascot. And it's obnoxious <laughs> that the Reds have so many. So the Reds can send their worst mascot to the Yankees. And this is what this is what happens to you if you think that you're too good for a mascot. Then you get somebody else's shitty mascot. So you're just stuck <laughs> with the bad one because you thought you were above it all. But very snotty. Don't like that. And the Reds, like, you know, like you probably need to get rid of one more, but it's a good start. Right? See? Everybody wins. <laughs> Love it. I love it. That's great. <laughs> I will change nothing. <laughs> nothing to that at all. All right. Irby, how about you? Anything you want to add here? 
I yeah, man, that's some. I'm, I'm doing the math. I wish I had a map here. Like okay, you're going here, you're going here. The other work that we're getting. Can we just move Captain up to Captain up to New York? Like send him up there. Like they can have him up there with the well, Yankees. I, mean, and, I don't know. Captain. At least Captain kind of makes sense for the Braves. I mean, it's a horse. Yeah. 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 No, I. I think that, no, the Yankees should have to take one of those creepy anthropomorphized baseball people, like the Reds have. Like I, I'm sorry. Like when you do this, you get like the worst and you get the worst and most embarrassing thing. Like if you think you're too good for a mascot, you're gonna pay for that. The Braves yeah. didn't do anything wrong, so we're just gonna give them captain. I, mean, I feel like it's you know, it's better than the thingy they have. Captain is an upgrade over the icky thing. That's sad. So you know they are That's doing true. better That's in this well, scenario. Do we need the mascots your city to, to New York? Do they, do they have facial hair? Because that could be a problem. It has a mustache, but aren't they allowed to have a mustache? They can have a mustache. I was thinking yeah. of sending the Mr. Red Legs or whatever. Yeah. You know how there's Mr. Red and Mr. Red Legs, and I'm pretty sure he has a mustache. I do not believe he has a beard, so it's probably okay. Um, but it's horrible looking, and it's kind of cringe and embarrassing, and I, I love it that they have to have that now. And it doesn't match their colors. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the kind of stuff that would drive – that would have driven the boss crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It, doesn't ma- it doesn't match our colors. We've got to change it. You've got to change its uniform. Look at that thing. Yeah. Probably, he'd probably call it a fat toad because why not? <laughs> I forgot about the fat toad thing. That was funny. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, go ahead. Maybe, right? that's, maybe that should be the mascot, a fat toad. There we go. There we go. Now we're talking. Now we're thinking. <laughs> Sorry, Irby, we hijacked you, man. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was that was all I have. I just now, yeah, a, a clean shaven, fat throat, and pinstripes. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't there a children's book we 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 read as kids that involved toads? Like a big. Are you toad? talking about frog and frog and toad are friends? Maybe. I don't know. I just, like, <laughs> just got this yeah. image of the illustration. This this weird toad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like these two toads in like top hats and waistcoats, yes, and they were that. friends. Yeah, um, I'm unclear. Is that the same thing as Mr. Toad, like the ride that used to be at Disney World, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or whatever it was called, and also the Wind and the Willows? All these things have something to do with frogs and children. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're all the same. Someone please DM me and explain this to me. There's a lot of frog literature out there for children, and I'm not clear on how one piece relates to another piece. <laughs> Definitely a toad in a waistcoat, though. I know that. Toad in a waistcoat. I think he had a monocle, too. Yes, he did. Thank you. Because that, that's exactly the image I have in my head okay, right so now. You're thinking of the same one as me. So the only question then is, are all of those the same thing? Or is that one of those and then the other one is something else? I'm just not sure. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I would like to know, though. So so would I. Somebody actually. send so us I. a message and let us know. Please explain. All right. How did we get on to this? You oh, know how- Scott Tone, Steinbrenner. <laughs> That's right. I was like, I, I don't know how we got here. Uh- <laughs> you know how these conversations go. I know. I just couldn't remember where it came from, um, which is maybe for the best. Um, wow. Bad Toad. Was, that, was it Hideki Rabu? Yes. That's Hideki right. Rabu was the fat toad. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, it is time for uh, Samantha to stump us again with his trade, Irby. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. I don't know if Rudy I, is. I thought I thought you were asking him. I and was. He's, he's he's maybe not ready. You know what? I'm he's not. Been, I'm he's su- not saying. I'm suddenly I'm not, not sure confident. Um, um, come I'm on. focusing, but I'm also thinking of toes and frogs, so it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no frogs were harmed in the making of this trade. Oh boy. Um. So. Is Hideki Arabu in the trade? <laughs> Hideki Arabu is not in the trade. So, um. Yes. No frogs. We have no frogs present. Some interesting characters, no frogs. Are you sure? Maybe one of them played for TCU. Positive. Oh, um, hold on. No, 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 no. No TCU. Um, see, no, see, I know where these people came from. See, I did that. Um, I got the number of players without having to ask for it. See, I did that, Ruby? Masterclass. Good job. You take the lead now. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. oh, see, damn it. He's a jerk. He's a God, that that turned that, that that turned to a fuzzy lollipop real fast. <laughs> okay, well, both thinks he knows something. I don't. Here. Everybody knows there's no frogs involved. Everybody knows Hideki Rabu is not involved. So you all have that going for you. Um, that you can thank both for that. This is oh, not the Hideki Rabu trade. If there is in fact a Hideki Rabu trade, which I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, at any rate, this is not it. Um. So this trade took place on July 30th, so right before the trade deadline in 2015. So there is the gentleman who is the centerpiece of this trade. We've encountered before, and I believe two other trades, so there's a little hint for you. Um, But we have not talked about this. Jesse Chavez. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Marco Scudero. Fair guess. It's a fair guess. Um, (laughs) No, we, we just did. We just had Marco Scudero a week ago. I know that's give, the only. Let's that's give only, him give him a rest. As long as I remember, give him a rest. <laughs> Let him rest. Um, okay. So, all right. So, one of the teams involved in this trade is the Blue Jays. Okay, 2015 trade deadline. Oh. This should be a pretty easy one, I think. So this is right in when when they're when they're banging heads with the Rangers. Yeah. That that run of series. Yeah, they're going to run it. They would run into the Rangers here. They would run into the Guardians the next year. So, seventy-five percent of our audience should be familiar with. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, obviously, the Blue Jays are the buyer. Is there a seller, or are they both buyers somehow? Um, I would call this a buyer and a seller. Okay. Yeah. No, I, okay. I would say there is a firm division. Yeah. Only two teams. Only two teams. Only two teams. Was it for a starter? Are Blue you asking if it's a starting pitcher? Yeah, with the Blue asking? Yeah, with the Blue Jays buying a starter. Yes, okay. they were buying a starter. Mm-hmm. Okay, who was the starting pitchers? All right, Blue Jays. I'm, I'm literally like trying to go through that matchup against. The, oh, did the starter go to Vanderbilt? Yes, he did. I was okay. just going to say my first thing is going to be the colleges because we've got a Vandy in Oregon State and then two high school signings. So, yeah. The, but, the, yes, the centerpiece of the trade and the piece going to the Blue Jays went to Vandy. Vandy, yep. 
Okay. Um, That's the gentleman we've encountered several times already in, in yeah. this series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. He is left-handed. Mm-hmm. He used to own a French bulldog. Oh. Probably still does, actually. I, I hope I haven't texted a little dog. Um, Man. If it helped Bo, if it helped, we, we were able to beat up on him. Like, this guy has never done well against the Rangers in the postseason. Well, he never did well against anyone in the postseason for a long time. <laughs> oh. and he kind of finally got the proverbial monkey off of his back. So he has recently retired. He had a little French bulldog who I believe is called Orbit. Just a little white dog. It's, it's, very cute. Not David Price, is it? Yes, it's David it's Price. Wow, how do I not remember him going to Toronto? I should. Remember, this is the one where when we tried to give you his full name. Yes. Who did you think he was? I don't remember, honestly. I really don't. <laughs> oh. I, 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 oh, me. oh, you thought it was David Wright. David that's Wright. Right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. Um, because we gave you the Price is Right clue and you went with back half of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, it was so funny because I was yeah. like, well, why would you think it was David Wright? And then you're like, oh, wait, because technically the clue does beat both of them. Oh, my gosh, that's so weird. And they're both <laughs> named David. But, yes, it is David Price, um, who is basically a rental in this trade, um, just going to Toronto purely for the postseason here. So, yes, it is Toronto. So, I don't believe anyone has yet mentioned the other team involved in this. Who sent him there? Um, and then we can oh, talk I- about what they get back. I've got it, and I and I know one piece. Okay. But I don't know the other piece. Okay. Hmm. Well, let's see. Is David Price the only one coming to Toronto, or is he packaged? Package no, he's him? the only one coming to Toronto. So Toronto then sent four players back. Three players. Three players Three. back. So 15. All right, Irby, do you want to tell him who the other team is? No, that's, this, this, has, yeah. Yeah, this has to be where Tampa traded him, right? No. No? Okay. So there was a stop in between. Yeah, for um, two years. Was it two years? A year and two thirds. Yeah. A year and two thirds, though, he was a Detroit Tiger. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. See, that's why I'm terrible at this game. I, I have a very <laughs> bad memory for where these players played. Ah, okay, yeah, that's right. He was a tiger. Yeah, all right, so Detroit's getting three pieces back. They are all pitchers. I will I will give you that hint. Um, two of them are still active in Major League Baseball. Um one of them is not, um, but two of them are. And one of the two, Irby, I know you know one. I think I know which one it is. Um, but there's two you could get, and one is, mm, I'd be surprised. Um, so I'm not going to hold you guys to that one. But I think you should be able to get the other two, probably. So, Irby, the gentleman you're thinking of, are you on the reliever or the starter? I believe he was He was a starter. Yeah, well, yeah, starter, starter, starter. When he right, went let, to the, let me rephrase. What is this person doing now? Are they currently a reliever or a starter? I 
He's a starter. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, not the piece I thought you were thinking of. Okay. This is the, the, the Oregon State one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, so you're thinking of, okay. I was just guessing you were thinking the other one, but I guessed wrong. Okay. Really? Yes, that, oh. You're, you're correct. Damn. That person is still a starter. Yes, yes, the Oregon State one, so you know who that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's two names in this trade. Um, the other one also still active. I can't technically say he's in Major League Baseball right now, but he has, let's say, we'll say he's visited Major League Baseball multiple times this season. And will likely do so again. <laughs> Is it Matt Moore? I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, you're actually not that far off the mark. Um, <laughs> at all. I mean, you're like really close to the mark. Although I don't believe Matt Moore has been sent down. Um, <laughs> no, he just... Poor bastard is cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is... A, well, actually, this person was also DFA multiple times, but he cleared waivers, so he just kept ending up back on the same team. <laughs> There's a line... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess... Farley that should make you think of this person. Ooh. Chris Farley had so many lines. <laughs> Very famous quote about living in a van down by a river. It, it was funny as I went to that monologue and I was trying to remember it. Uh. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Birdie's got it. <laughs> and now that remembered. That was... <laughs> Wasn't that when he was in Toronto? Um, to my, well, to my knowledge, he actually still lives in the van in the off-season. Oh, um, but okay. But he did start in Toronto and continued into Detroit. <laughs> but the, the van is a name. Its name is Shaggy, and I believe he still lives in the off-season. So. Uh, he claims he lives on $800 a month. I don't know where the rest of the money is. I, but he claims that he lives on $800 a month, which I think is really funny. Um <laughs> I now yes, I now know who the player is. I did not remember that he was in this trade. That is Oh interesting. Now okay. Sense. Okay. Like I yeah. knew he moved from Toronto. Uh, well I knew he was in Toronto, knew he was in Detroit, obviously, but did not remember this connection. So Nice. Nice. Do I do you want me to reveal or Yeah, do you yeah wanna... go ahead and reveal him unless Bo wants to take it down. You know what? I'm I'm lost. So go ahead, Ernie. <laughs> so the, the first one, the Oregon State, is one Matt or maybe Matthew. I don't know. I'm going to my name's Matthew. We're going to go with it. Matthew Boyd. Yes. And then um, uh, living in a van down by the I, I can't think of a river in Detroit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> which is <laughs> Daniel Norris. Yes. Very good. Good Daniel job. Norris. Good job. So. Um, I, the third guy, I'm just going to tell you guys, unless you remember a guy who only appeared with the Tigers in 2017. He has not made any other appearances in Major League Baseball. Um, gentleman by the name of Gyro Laborte. That's a great name. Good for him. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> Maybe it's Gyro? I don't know. I'm not it's probably Hyro. The, it could be Hyro. The Rangers, yeah, the Rangers had a prospect with a similar name. Is it, it's J-A-I-R-O. Yeah, so is that Hyro? Yeah, Hyro. Hyro, Hyro. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's, it's Hyro. Soft, it's a soft J. 
Is it yeah. Hyro Hyro Laborts. Okay. When you just learn to be an astronaut. Hi, Hyro. That does sound. Hyro like <laughs> abort? Did you say abort? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yes, good old Hyro rounding out the trade. Um, clearly not the important piece of this. But all right. So where is he now? The moon. Um. It's, <laughs> I guess I can't say definitively that he's not on the moon. So, um, good job. Um, you guys got the parts you needed to get on this. So good job on that. Um, David Price, let's talk about where they are now, is, of course, retired now. Uh, he was in Tampa Bay. Everybody, of course, remembers his very exciting debut and postseason performance in Tampa Bay in 2008. He was there until 2014. And we had that brief stand in Detroit in 2014-15, and even briefer one in Toronto. He just he was just a rental here, guys, in this particular trade in Toronto. He then goes to Boston 2016. He's there through 2019, does not pitch in 2020. That was a COVID opt-out. And then with the Dodgers from 2021 to 2022, he is now retired. Um, Daniel Norris, no relation to Mrs. Norris, Argus Filch's cat that we know of. Uh <laughs> In Toronto from 2014 to 2015, Detroit from 15 to 21, Milwaukee for the end of the 2021 season, the Cubs, and then back to Detroit again in 2022, 2023 in Cleveland, though he spent most of that in the minor leagues. He was repeatedly DFA'd, cleared waivers, came up, pitched a game, DFA'd again, rough way to go. Um, we mentioned that he lives in a van in the offseason by the name of Shaggy, um, Another fun fact, his family has owned a bicycle shop in some place called Johnson City, Tennessee. I'm not familiar with where that is, but they have been a bicycle shop for 80 years. So that's kind of cool. Oh. Uh, Matthew Boyd uh, pitched in Toronto very briefly in 2015 and then was with Detroit from 2015 to 2021. He took a hop over to Seattle in 2022, and then, of course, he is back in Detroit and currently pitching for them right now. Fun fact, he is distantly related to both Bob Feller and former First Lady Dolly Madison. Wow. Um, now, good old Hyro, Hyro who is not an astronaut, but should be, uh, pitched only very briefly for the Tigers in 2017. That's when he makes his debut. Uh, he signed a minor league deal in 2018 uh, with Chicago, with the Cubs, and in, well as in 2019 with Tampa Bay, but never actually made an appearance in 2020. He joined the Sioux City Explorers of the American Association, but he was released in 2021. And there is no report on where he has been since, which is why I said, Bo, I can't for certain say that he's not on the moon. So perhaps you have solved the problem. If there's anyone else on the moon listening to the show there, if you can confirm for us that Hyro is sitting next to you in, you know, your airtight pod or whatever it is while you, <laughs> the, that you sit in while you listen to podcasts on the moon. The over the moon give cafe. Us a wave. Give Never us mind. a wave. The over the moon cafe. Give, <laughs> give us a wave. Tell Hyro we said hi. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> that was, that was great. I, eight years later, who won that trick? Like nobody, right? No one. No one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Pyro won that trade. Pyro. Pyro won that trade. 
Sid, Sid having his croissant at the Over the Moon Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week. Don't forget, actually, you know what? Don't forget to give us that like and that subscription. I always forget that every time I do this. Don't forget that. And uh, I was all that with that yeah, algorithm there. Um, until next week, watch some baseball. It's good for you. Baby, don't look good. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters!